Well, we're in a series called Life Change, and remember what we're doing in the in the series is looking at those uh, foundational biblical steps that uh, that God uses to create life change in in our life. And um, our theme verse for the whole series is Isaiah 57 here. And uh, Isaiah 57, you want to read it with me today? You heard it last week, so you read it with me today. You ready? I have seen what they do, but I will heal them anyway. I will lead them. I will comfort those who mourn, bring words of praise to their lips. May they have abundant peace, both near and far, says the Lord, who heals them. Okay? Just remember, that's, that's what he wants to do. That's life change, right? He's going to be able to bring healing into our lives. He's going to be able to give direction and lead our lives. He's going to be able to bring that comfort into our lives and gently bring us along that path, but be able to create that life change that that we don't have where life was. Instead, we live a life of just incredible praise and get elevated, right? A life of incredible praise that includes that overwhelming peace, not just regular old peace, but abundant peace. So we're talking about what are the steps that God uses to create that kind of life change uh, in our lives. And if you remember last week, we said, well, first we need to just understand uh, that we are powerless in and of ourselves, right? That we just can't do it on our own. That we are broken people, we are prone to sin, and, uh, you know, when we try to control our lives, uh, things just don't go the right way. They go the destruction way, and that we just don't have it within us to be able to do that, right? Uh, and then second, we said, you also have to understand that, that God is real, and that this real God has the power to do what you can't do, right? That this God is not only real, but this real God has the power to change your life, okay? So now, if you go to step three, then, and you, you take one and two, if you really believe one and two, then step three is like, absolutely, absolutely, how can you not do this? Here's step three. Step three is, that we just surrender our lives absolutely, utterly, and completely. And we surrender our life completely to the will of whatever Christ wants to do in our life. I want you to think about this. If you believe step one and two, that you can't do it on your own, that you are powerless to change and elevate your life, right? You can't do it on your own, but there is a real God, and this real God has the power to do just that. I mean, doesn't step three kind of make sense? I mean, why, why would you keep trying to do it on your own? If, if you know you can't do it on your own, and if you know there's a God who can do what you can't do, why would you not take the next step and just say, listen, I am going to just surrender my life to this God. I'm just going to give him absolute control, charge of my life. I'm going to live according to what his word says, and I'm just going to let him be in charge. And whatever he chooses for my life, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to be about. And that is where life change really begins. When we stop doing it our way, and we start doing it his way. And he gives us the invitation to do just that. Jesus does it in Matthew 11. And you've heard this verse probably before, but listen to this verse in terms of life change, of, look, this is where your life is without me. This is where your life can be if you just surrender, right? Here's what he says. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, 
and I will give you rest. Now just stop and think about that. First of all, there's an invitation, right? Come to me. This is a personal invitation. Surrender. Come to me. Surrender to me. Look, come to me. All right? And who's he inviting to come? He's inviting all those who are weary and carry heavy burdens. That would be me. Right? If we agree with step number one, that we can't do it on our own, and we're all broken people, and we all mess it up, we're all carrying heavy burdens and living weary lives. So he's talking to us. He's saying, look, here's the invitation. Here's the invitation. Come to me, and I will give you what? Rest. I don't know about you, but I love Sunday afternoon, because after Sunday morning, guess what I do on Sunday afternoon? You bet, I'm taking a nap. I don't care who's on the TV, I'm taking a nap. I'm ready for some rest, right? I mean, heavy burdens wear you out. Heavy burdens, that if you try to do it on your own, and all you're going to carry is heavy burdens, it's going to wear you out. And Jesus is saying, listen, I know that's where you are. I know, I know that's where your life is. So look, just come to me, and, and I'm going to give you a different reality in life. I'm going to, I'm going to take your heavy burdens... I'm going to give you rest. And then he goes beyond it. He says, take my yoke upon you. What's he mean? Take my yoke. The yoke thing with the oxen, right? It gives them direction, right? They go a direction based on where the yoke is going kind of thing, right? And so he's saying, look, do it my way. Take my yoke. Take, take my will. Do my will. Do my desire. Follow my word. Get your life in order with the scripture. Take my yoke. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart. You'll do it kindly, compassionately. And you will find rest, there it is again, for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Okay, let's think about this for a minute. Over here, when I'm trying to do it my own way, what do I get? Weary and heavy laden. Weary and heavy laden. Amen? Am I good? Okay. I go over here. I receive an invitation. Jesus gives me what? Easy and light. Well, think this through. Weary, heavy laden. Easy, light. Are you with me? Why would we not do this? Why would we not do this? Why would we not receive this simple invitation and say, yes? I surrender. Lord, my life is no longer mine. It is absolutely, completely yours. Why would we not do it? Well, we get these roadblocks. That's why. We, we get these roadblocks in our life. Now, one of those roadblocks is pride. We get the roadblock of pride. And, and we convince ourselves that even though we heard about step number one, that we can't do it on ourselves, we still want to convince ourselves that we can even though we know we can't, we still want to convince ourselves that we can't. Men, how many guys in the room really love it when you go and stop at the gas station and ask for directions? GPS is great for us, isn't it? Keeps our pride in order, you know? Because we just get this little nice voice that tells us where to go. And we're, we're okay with listening to that voice. Stop, ask somebody else for directions, not so good. Why? Our pride gets in the way. Our pride gets in the way. That's what happens to us. You mean, what do you mean? I'm supposed to give my whole life over and I'm supposed to listen and do it Jesus' way and not my way anymore? Yeah, that's right. Well, I don't know if I like that. 
After all, I'm a self-made person, pulled up my own bootstraps, right? And our pride gets in the way. The trouble is, Proverbs says, pride leads to what? Okay? That's where that's going. If we, if we stay over here, weary and heavy laden, stuck in our pride, it's going to lead to destruction. On the other hand, humility, surrender, leads to being lifted up, being elevated. Let's see, weary and heavy laden, easy and light. Pride, lifted up and elevated, honor. You see, if we can dump our pride... If we can just do the surrender, if we can just let Jesus do his work with us, let him shape us, fashion us, mold us, we're going to experience a life that we could never imagine. But we get these roadblocks. We get the roadblocks of fear. We get the roadblock of fear. And, and fear says, listen, if I do this, it means I'm going to have to give up a lot of stuff I really like. I mean, if I, we get afraid, we say, well, well, wait a minute, you mean I've got to surrender absolutely, completely, and utterly? My whole life is no longer my own, it is absolutely his. Yeah, that's what it means. But, but if I do that, then I've got to give up this, and I've got to give up that, and I really kind of like this, and you're expecting me to give up all that stuff. How will I get by if I have to give all of that? And besides, all that stuff is really fun and good, and, and can anything else be as good as that? Yes, it can. In fact, here's the mystery. When you give up, when you surrender, that's when you discover a freedom and what life really is. This is the great irony. We get this roadblock of, roadblock of fear saying, oh man, I, I just don't know I can give all this stuff up. When the reality is when you give it up, that's when you discover what life really is. When you get free. Jesus says in Luke 4, he's reading from, he's in the synagogue, he's reading from the, from the scroll of Isaiah. And he reads saying, the Lord's spirit has come to me because he has chosen me to tell the good news to the poor. The Lord has sent me to announce freedom for prisoners, to give sight to blind, to free everyone who suffers, and to say, this is the year the Lord has chosen. Then Jesus said to them, what you have just heard me read has come true today. What comes true today when you let Jesus take charge of your life? You get set free. You get set free. And, and all that stuff that you think is so important and so valuable is nothing more than a prison for you. And when you just surrender your life, when you give everything over to him, then you, then you find out what life really can be. That's what he says in Matthew 16. He says in Matthew 16, If anyone wants to follow me, he must say what to himself? No. We don't like that word. Do your kids like it when you say no, parents? Yeah, we don't like that word. But when we say no to ourselves, then we pick up our cross and we follow him. If you want to save your life, you will lose it. But if you lose your life for him, you will find it. You see, we really discover life when we do the surrender. This is the amazing thing. We get afraid and we want to hold on to all this stuff when the reality is the stuff is holding us back. Everything that we're afraid to let go of, it's holding us back. And when we let go of it, then we experience freedom. Then we experience and find out what life can really be like because God is now in charge. And he is elevating our lives. 
We say, well, wait, wait a minute. That, okay, that sounds really good. But exactly now, how is that going to happen? So we get another roadblock. And, and we worry about, well, well, exactly what's going to happen next? And exactly how is that going to work out? And, and exactly what is God going to do? And I'd really like to know, before I make this commitment of surrender, before I give my life totally and absolutely and completely over to Him, I'd really like to know what He's going to do every day here on down the road. Trouble is, it doesn't work that way. You see, when you surrender yourself, when you surrender to Christ, you're surrendering to a person. And you don't know the plan he has for you. You just know the person he is. And that's good enough. The person he is, is good enough. I mean, think about it. Let me ask you this. Would God do anything in your life? Would he do anything in your life that is contrary to your good? If he would love you so much that he would give up his own son for you. I mean, if he's willing to do that much to give up his own son for you, the most precious possession of all of heaven, if he would give up all of that, is he really going to do something in your future that's not good for you? I think you can trust him. I think he's proved it. I mean, that's the deal. You, you don't have to worry about what's next. Why? Because you know who controls what's next. You know who stands behind your future. And if you know who stands behind your future, you do not have to worry about your future. And you can surrender to his future and his control for your life. Last one, we say, well, okay, but can he really do it? I mean, if I'm going to surrender my life, if I'm going to give Jesus absolute control of my life, can, can, can he really do it? Can he really free me? Can he really elevate my life? Can he really elevate? Really? Are you going to ask that question? I mean, let's do a little little history review here. We're, we're talking about surrendering our lives to the guy that cast out demons, healed people, the guy who raised people from the dead, the guy who was killed and three days later did what? Walked out of the grave. You telling me he can't do it? Absolutely he can do it. You see, it's not a question that he can't do it. The question is, do you believe he can do it? There's an experience in the Gospels where Jesus is doing ministry with his disciples. And it says, a man, uh, there was a large crowd, and a man came and he knelt before Jesus and he said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He's got seizures. He suffers terribly. He often falls into a fire. He falls into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. The guy's going, look, I, I brought him to the disciples, but your disciples couldn't do it. Now, notice in verse 17, as we read this, notice Jesus' attitude in verse 17. You tell me, after we read this, whether he's happy Jesus or frustrated Jesus. You ready? Jesus said, you faithless and corrupt people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Happy Jesus, frustrated Jesus. Pretty clear, isn't it? Right? This is frustrated Jesus. Frustrated? Yeah, he is not a happy camper. Why is he not a happy camper? Well, he rebukes the demon for the boy. It goes out of him. Afterwards, his disciples come and say, so how come you could, we couldn't? Here's his answer. You don't have enough what? Faith. You don't have enough faith. Jesus told him, listen, I tell you the truth. This is truth. 
if you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. When you surrender your life, you surrender your life to this person. This person. And he can do what seems absolutely impossible to you. Question is, do you believe that? you believe that? You see, the surrender step says, I do. I really do. I believe that so much that I am willing to give up everything that I am, everything that I have, everything that's in my future. I am willing to give up absolutely everything and follow Jesus Christ in whatever way and wherever he wants me to go. I just surrender absolutely and completely to him, and I believe he can elevate my life. That's where we're at. This is the step. It's the step that says, I surrender my, my life to Christ as a Savior. I can't do it. He did it for me. I surrender my life uh, to not only the Savior, but to what he teaches. And so I'm going to order my life according to the Bible. I'm going to order it according to his word and his standard of living. And I'm going to surrender my future to whatever he wants, because whatever he wants is better than anything I could think or imagine. And I'm going to surrender to his power and his strength in my life. He's in charge. And I believe it. I believe that he can do this. I believe that what he wants for my future is more than I could imagine. Now, that is an awesome step. But there's a benefit to this step. The benefit to this step is when you take this step, you also get to take out the garbage. How many people like taking out the garbage? <laughs> I mean, it's good stuff taking out the garbage. Absolutely. It is really joyful stuff when you take out the garbage. Taking out the garbage is a good thing, right? Why is that a good thing? Well, what happens if you don't take out the garbage? Well, I don't know about you, but at my house, if I don't take the garbage out when I'm supposed to take out the garbage, because that's my job, right? If I don't take out the garbage when I'm supposed to take out the garbage, my wife walks in the back door one a few days later and says, you know, the house really doesn't feel very fresh. You hear that before? What happens? You see, there's this stench. Yeah? There's just this stench. That gets on you. It just kind of infiltrates. And wherever you are, if you're in the in the bedroom or you're in the living room or wherever you are sitting watching the Packer game, no matter whether they're winning or losing, you still got the stench. Why? Because he didn't take out the garbage. You see, there's a great joy, Scripture would tell us, in taking out the garbage. It says... Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. You see, there is a joy, there is a release, there is a freedom when you can let go of the garbage that's in your life. The guilt, the shame, the memories of what you've done in the past that you know are absolutely contrary to God's desire and will for your life. All that stuff that makes you weary and heavy laden. You see, that stuff is the stench. It just gets a hold of us. If you look at Psalm 40, it says, For my troubles surround me, too many to count. My sins pile up so high, 
I, I can't see my way out. They outnumber the hairs on my head. I have lost all courage. Another translation says, I am absolutely weak. That's what happens when you don't take out the garbage in your life. When you hold on to those things in your life, those things that breed that shame and that guilt, that stuff that breeds the fear that somebody's going to find out, when you hold on to that stuff, that's the stench that just gets on you. And it weighs you down. And, and the only freedom, the only way to get rid of the stench is in the surrender. You see, when you surrender your life to Christ, when you say, I'm going to give him absolutely everything I am, completely and totally, I'm giving him total control of my life, you know what else you're giving him? The garbage. You're giving him the garbage. You're giving him all that stuff that weighs you down, that you've been carrying for so long, and you're saying, listen, it's no longer mine. I'm giving it to him. And he takes it. He took it on that day when he went and carried a cross to Mount Calvary and allowed those folks to pound nails into his hands and his feet. He took it when he hung on that cross and he breathed his last. He took everything in your life that you look at and say, it's garbage. And he's willingly inviting you. Surrender to him. You don't need it anymore. Get rid of it. Surrender it to him. And there is a joy in doing that. So how do we do that? Well, you got to do it because you got to be willing to face your faults. In, in the surrender, when you give up the garbage, you got to be able to face your faults. You, you know what happens when we walk in the house and my wife says, you know, the house just doesn't feel fresh anymore. You know what the next step is? we got to go through the whole house to find out where that particular smell is coming from. Right? You, if there's a smell, you got to go through the whole house and find out where exactly is that smell coming from. Well, the same is true in your life. You see, you've got stuff that you can say, man, guilt, shame, all that stuff that's weighing you down. You've got to be able to name it. it. It can't just be, gee, I feel guilty today. You've got to name it. Guilty for what? Go ahead and find out and face the experiences that you haven't let go in your life yet that you know bring you shame and guilt. Sit down with a piece of paper, do a life review, and name those faults. Face them for what they are. Recognize the garbage and call it by name. He says in Psalm 139, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Now look at this one. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. You see that 24? <clears throat> What's he say he, we need to do? Point it out. Point it out. Name it. Point it out. And if you're going to point it out, you also got to own it. Right? If you point it out, you also got to own it. You, you can't come up with the excuses and say, well, yeah, yeah, I know I did that, but, you know, I only did that because... You know, if so-and-so wouldn't have encouraged me, I wouldn't have done that. But so-and-so is really the one. It doesn't work. You know, everybody's doing it these days anyway, so even though I did it then, it really doesn't matter because everybody today, it's just kind of normal behavior today. So, no, that doesn't work. You've got to face the faults and you've got to own your mistakes. 
It says in 1 John, if we say that we have not sinned, we are fooling ourselves and the truth isn't in our hearts. If we say that we have not sinned, we make God a liar and his message isn't in our hearts. You got to face it, you got to name it, and you got to own up to it. You see, in our house, when we when we finally search it out and we find that thing that's really smelly, yeah, if I'm the one that left the banana peel there, you know, behind my recliner on the floor somewhere, guess who owns up for it? Right? You got to own up for it. You got to claim it. Why? Because once you understand it and once you claim it and you name it, you can also apply forgiveness to it. You don't need to carry it anymore. You can name it, you can face up to it, and you can apply forgiveness to it. And this is the release. This is the surrender. That when you surrender your life to Christ, you surrender all the garbage as well. And he replaces it with a whole new life. It says, in Christ we are a new creation. Right? Or you can look at 1 John again. And now, I just read to you from 1 John, the verses about saying, you know, we all sin and we got to name it. Right? This verse right here, if you go look in 1 John, this verse is right in the middle of those two. Right? These two, if we say we have not sinned, if we have saved and not sinned, those two, right in the middle, right in the middle is this verse. But if we confess our sins to God, he can always be trusted to forgive us and take away our sins. I believe that. You see, that's the surrender. I believe he has the power to do what I can't do. And when I surrender, I surrender to the person of Jesus Christ who accomplished that for me on the cross. And I know he can do it. See, I don't know what garbage you're carrying in your life, but I know you got it. And I can tell you, you don't need to smell it anymore. When you surrender and you say, my life is no longer mine. I commit myself absolutely and completely to Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. And my will is no longer mine. It is now totally His. And I'm going to live according to His word. And I'm going to give the garbage away. And not carry it anymore. You will experience the freedom and the elevation of being his kid. Surrender. Surrender is the key to life and life change. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we, uh, that we can take this incredible step. It's not just words, but it really is life for us. And Lord, we know that there's folks in the room today that are facing tough things and uh, there's things that have hold of them and um, we know you are real. We know that you have the power to free them and that they free them and that they can't free themselves. So we ask today just to help us, each one of us, to take this step and to say, Jesus Christ, you are Lord. It's no longer me, it's you. Take all the garbage. Give me that new life you choose for me. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.